ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. Well, alrighty then. I am the Commissioner Christopher Perry. I'm the Commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League. This is the WCHL Podcast. And uh, we're lucky not to have Andrew on this edition of the uh, WCHL Podcast. He's uh, AWOL, but instead we have a great special guest. He is the General Manager for uh, the University of Utah Hockey. He is the Commissioner of the Pac-8 Hockey Club. He oversees every... AJ... What what more? I mean, you wear like a hundred million hats over there, don't you? <laughs> Good evening, Chris. Yeah, uh, definitely try and help out wherever I can. That includes uh, here at the University of Utah and uh, in the Pac-8 Conference and doing whatever we can to help out around the league as well. There you go. That's A.J. Bolden. He also is the Director of Broadcasting for the ACHA, although I don't know that's being put to any good use this season because of the uh, format that we're having for nationals and some poor decisions that are being made. Um, and also he is, um, a former goaltender in real life. So, uh, he is a hockey guy, unlike myself and Andrew who, uh, you know, we're not hockey guys or so we're told. So AJ, Hey, we're glad that you, uh, were able to join us here on the WCHL podcast. This is part of our continuing series in, uh, making some very suboptimal poor predictions, uh, on the upcoming ACHA Men's Division One National Championship Tournament. Are, are, you are aware we're going to have the tourney coming up soon, right? That's right. This weekend it all begins. Thank goodness it's going to get over with, huh? <laughs> yeah. This, this is kind of the bittersweet moment of the season where it's uh, you're like, oh, man, I can't wait for it to be here. I can't wait for it to be here, and I can't wait for it to be over with. I can't wait for it to be <laughs> over always- with. It's always a, a tough weekend for both uh, participants, the coaches, and uh, anybody re- involved with the tournament because uh, we all try so hard to uh, put on a good show. Luckily for you and me, we get to just kind of sit back and relax. Get, as, right. as our introduction said, we need to uh, get comfortable but not too comfortable um, and just watch the event. We don't actually have to uh, work it, so that's, that's good news. Absolutely. All right. Uh, are you prepared to offer opinions predictions prognostications are you prepared to uh deliver to us the winner of, of the acha men's division one national championship Ooh, you we're going straight to the end huh we're well, not no, doing no no, no. We're, we're gonna go through we're gonna go through it i'm just wanting to know are you ready to do it are you are yes, you sir. psyched are you uh, primed are you i got my 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 documentation right in front of me i'm ready to rock you're fully caffeinated <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Before we get going, uh, what what kind of preparation have you done on this? Uh, have you watched any games? Have you uh, studied? Uh, have you talked to people? Did you call around and do any sort of uh, scouting or pre-scouting or non-scouting? Uh, my All of my opinions are going to be based off of statistics and what I know about the teams in the league. There so you go. It's all internal knowledge, if you will. I just got to say, uh, we've had some people on here before. We had a coach that had played against some of these guys this year. We had uh, 
trying to think of what else. We had a blogger um, from Arizona who's kind of seen some games, but maybe not. We had a Cam the Ram person from Colorado State who absolutely had zero knowledge and was basically picking pretty names. <laughs> and um, it's like going to the horse races and picking the prettiest. You know, well, that horse is the prettiest. That one's going to win. And then we had my co-host, Andrew, who uh, is using neither, none of the above. He's just going on what teams he likes and what teams he hates. And So uh, it sounds like you've put in a little bit of, uh, not a little bit, but a lot of effort if you're bringing stats and opinions to the podcast. So uh, we appreciate your willingness to, uh, to do this. You ready to get to it? Yes, sir. Saturday. Uh, Saturday. Look at me. I'm already jumping to Saturday. How about Friday, 10 in the morning, the first game of the day, number four, Liberty. The uh, the Flames of Liberty and Kirk Handy are going to come in there with their dyed blonde hair, and they're going to take on the host team, the number 13, Maryville Saints. What do you think is going to happen in that game there? Well, I think Maryville is going to put up a good fight, but uh, the depth of Liberty is going to triumph and uh, probably make a make the host not not the happiest campers in, in the bunch. That's kind of a going with yeah going with Liberty. I, that's kind of a, a, a just kind of a sucky spot, isn't it, for the host? You're you're playing in day one, game one, and boom, you're going to be out here pretty quick. I agree, uh, but that's the way the cookie crumbles on these. Um, the rankings are. You know, it is what it is, and if they would have been higher in the rankings, maybe they'd have had a, a better slot on day one or two. Look at you. Look at you. I like it. A little bit of cutthroat right there. Get <laughs> get better and quit whining. I like it. All right, well, here we go. Now, the next game of the day is the Fighting Zombos of Lindenwood, number three, taking on the Sacrificial Griffins of Canisius. <laughs> Tell me, uh, what do you, you think is going to happen there? I think, again... Um, the, the, the folks from Michigan are going to have a tough game and Lindenwood's going to, they're just going to get warmed up. Um, Lindenwood's always a strong team. Just historically there's, I mean, they they are one of the teams to beat every single season. So I don't, I don't think it's going to be any contest. Uh, although the Canisius might actually, uh, do a decent job. Is is Canisius from Michigan? I thought they were from New York. Sorry. I was. I was thinking of Calvin. I apologize. Oh, 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 don't do that to us. Come on. We're all rooting against Calvin. We'll get to that in, in a little bit. But uh, uh, well, can, can yeah. you, aren't I, they? I still, pick, I still pick Lindenwood. Over, <laughs> over, <laughs> Doesn't matter over. where they're from. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they can be from uh, Timbuktu or Cucamonga. Doesn't matter. They're, they're still going to lose to Lindenwood. I love it. Yeah, I think this is a name your score kind of a game. I think Lindenwood's going to just roll for the first two periods, and the third period they're going to play take uh, keep away. Yep. And uh, Canisius will uh, hit the merchandise stand on the way out of town. So, all right, there you go. There you go. All right, number uh, the next game of the day, Robert Morris, the number two, the surprise number two team in the nation this season, taking on Phil Sweeney and the Panthers of Davenport, number fifteen. What do you think is going to happen here, AJ? Do you think Robert Morris, Morris, the Colonials, do you think they stand a chance, or is uh, Sweeney going to get them, or what? I do. I am picking Robert Morris. I, really? I am. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Any particular reason? Pick. Um, not in this game. This is this is one of those. I'm not picking because of colors, but I'm picking because of randomness, and uh, I think there's a. They're just going to make it happen. 
you know, to their credit, I bag on Robert Morris as much as I possibly can. Um, they showed up at nationals one year. We were at uh, Strongsville, Ohio, and they made it to nationals. And they all showed up wearing like mismatched suit clothes, you know, like plaid, just god awful stuff. Plaid, plaid pants and checkered uh, uh, shirts and polka dot jackets and you know striped ties and they look like uh al cervic from uh from caddyshack the whole team did and they just thought it was hilarious and they look like a bunch of jokers um i thought but then you know i'm the guy that's got my got a stick up my butt apparently so uh now to their and and to their credit though when robert morris uh, played in frisco in that uh opening game uh or the opening round i should say not the opening game but uh I believe they put up a pretty good little fight. I thought they played surprisingly well, even though they lost ultimately at the end. I believe they lost to like a, I forget who it was. Might have been a Missouri State or somebody. But uh, they they did. Um, Robert Morris can play well. I'm just it's just really surprising that they're number two this season. And uh, you know Davenport is typically just a beast of a team. Right. Uh, so we'll we'll see. I think this has the potential for an upset, but uh, yeah, a lot of I can I can see going with Robert Morris here. So there you go. All right. So so far well, we're we're going chalk. Let's, let's let's dive into Robert Morris just for one more point. I mean, they, I'm trying to find the stats right now, but I mean, their starting goalie, well, both their goalies have 95, 97 save percentages, and this isn't on a bunch of games, right? So the the I think they play like the five games size here. Yeah, they're five and zero, oh, and you know I think that's where your your point about Davenport rolling people is is pretty s- substantiated. But um, didn't Robert Morris have some really solid wins um, early well, on? They had one. They beat uh, yeah. Ohio six to two, six okay. six goals on seventeen shots. Uh, I think they've played. Uh, let's see, they beat West Virginia in the championship game for their terrible conference tournament. Um, they beat Kinesius, they beat Mercyhurst, and they might have, I think they beat Kinesius twice. Gotcha. So, yeah, hey, power to them. Hey, they won the games, and like you say, stats matter, and goaltending wins, right? So, they, they found a way to do it. So, uh, you've got Robert Morris over number 15, Davenport, in game number three. Yes, sir. All right, and then, uh, following up, I guess the last game of the day, it's the McKendry Bearcats, number 16, this the uh, you know they slid in from the B conference, my B conference, um, and their their prize for sliding into nationals is they get to take on Gary Astelos and the number one Adrian Bulldogs. Adrian is a tough team. We our, our program went up there a couple of years ago, and it's a tough barn to play in, and they are a tough team to play no matter what. I don't think this is any contest. Um, I'm picking number one Adrian. Yeah, I think it's just a good uh, a good deal that McKendry is fairly close by to St. Louis, so they don't have to go far. They're not going to have to rent a hotel room or anything, right? right? Show up, get your butt kicked, go home. Wow. <laughs> All right, so there you go. Chalk, yeah. chalk for AJ for day one. You've got Adrian, Robert Morris, Linda Wood, and Liberty going. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to Saturday. Day uh, The first game of the day is uh, number five, Ohio. Five and fifteen, Ohio on the season, taking on number twelve, Missouri State. And AJ, before you answer, I'll remind you: this is the WCHL podcast. Missouri State is the only team from the WCHL that played this season. 
you're, you're stealing my thunder because that was that was my opening line. Yep. I'm picking Missouri, and it's because I'm sticking to the conference. Woo! Look at you, got an yeah. upset going. I love it. Yeah, it's not my only one. They're going to love you in Springfield. You realize we on this podcast, this is a very cheesy little podcast. Nobody listens to it, right? There's 18 people that listen to it total. 16 of them are from Missouri State. So you are probably now going to be voted the mayor of Springfield, Missouri for this pick. I'll take it. Yeah. So uh, you in the U- in the Utah Utes, whenever you come to uh, Springfield, I'm sure you're going to get, uh, you know, probably not free adult beverages, but, you know, maybe free, free uh, knee highs and, um, you know, some, uh, uh, you know, whatever it is that uh, – I, they're they're known for they're close to Branson, so Branson is known for uh, uh, you know like uh, oh god, one, um, funnel cakes. That's what I was trying to think of funnel cakes. Really? Oh yeah, well, come on. Funnel. How do you how do you know this, sir? Well, because Branson is the home of Silver Silver Dollar City, which is like, kind of like the Ozark version of Dolly World and Six Flags, and it is uh, just. It's where I had my first funnel cake ever, and ever since then I associate the Ozarks, the Southwest Missouri area, with funnel cakes, and uh, it's just abs- absolutely awesome. The the that whole South that Ozark little area is just glorious. I give them a hard time, uh, you know, for being backwards. And I know the hillbillies are down in Arkansas, but uh, up in Missouri they've they've got some hills up there too, and some billies. But um, their lakes are awesome. They're nice, clear water and lots of caves and lots of uh, moonshine. And it's uh, good good times. And Branson is, like a- Branson is a spectacle that maybe if the Utah Utes go there, you can bring them down to Branson and go see the bald knobbers or something. You got it. Sounds like an also, uh, also a, a great summer destination. There, well, that's why they call it Spring Vegas. You know, ah. you know it's kind of like the Ozark version of Las Vegas. Just bring it there. So, uh, you know, you have your choice, Nevada, uh, Missouri, Nevada, Missouri. I can probably go water skiing in Missouri, so I'm going to pick there. There you go. You can definitely go water skiing in Missouri. That's awesome. All right, so yeah. you've got uh, Missouri State with the big upset over Ohio. I, I would agree with you there. I think Missouri State, if they can stay out of the penalty box and play hockey, they're, they're deadly. I think, they can, I think they can take care of Ohio. Uh, the next game of the day is a fun one. Number six, Minot State, your buddy Wade Regier. Um, I'm probably mispronouncing. It's probably Wade Regier. But um, Wade from Minot State and his uh, clan of beavers are taking on the Knights of Calvin, number 11. I think yeah. everybody is rooting for Minot State to take care of Calvin. Well, Minot State is on my sheet. Um, I, I hate to say it, and this was my, again, my Michigan comment from earlier there. Yeah. Calvin's a, a good team, but Wade is coming off a championship, and uh, it's I don't know. The Beavers are a, a very difficult team, and uh, defending we, champion. Yeah, we've Utah has played them four or five times. I think we've pulled out one win in three years. So, not that that means a whole lot these days, but um, I still have my not over Calvin. Very good. Well, yeah. I, I I hope that's I hope that comes to pass because you know what happens if. Uh, if Calvin wins, if Calvin wins, that means the, their game on Sunday goes at midnight because they have this rule against playing on Sunday. So 
Calvin, uh, yeah, exactly. That's I th- you know I think everybody except for Calvin and God are rooting for uh, Minot State. So, jeez. Well, don't tell that. Don't tell that to Mike Petruzma. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. I think this is the last year of that deal. So uh, okay. it was a three-year deal. Last year was the Frisco Two was supposed to be the last year of the deal, but because it got bumped due to the coronavirus, it got extended one more year to this year. So. But they'll have to figure it out. So, anyways, let's root for Minot so that we don't have to play a Sunday my, uh, Sunday midnight game. Yeah. That'd be brutal. I agree. What time would, if it's midnight in Missouri, which is central, what time would that be in Utah? You're one hour behind. So, Correct. So, it would, it would be an 11 o'clock start for you. Yes, sir. Yeah, that would still stink. Can you imagine kicking off a game at 1 in the morning, Eastern time? Only in beer league, my oh, friend. Oh, only in beer league. Even then, <laughs> even then, one in the morning, you're supposed to be out in the parking lot drinking, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, hey, the next game on Saturday is number seven Indiana Tech taking on Dean Stork in the Jimmies of Jamestown. Frank DeCristofaro oh, yeah. is the uh, head coach of the Warriors, coming in hot off of a whack auto bid. We all know that Michigan Dearborn is the real deal in the whack, but they didn't play, so Frank kind of got in there. Uh, and then Jamestown is kind of, uh, they've only played Minot 167 times this year. So uh, who do you got, Jamestown or Indiana Tech? Number 10, Jamestown. Woo, why, what's going on there? What do you got? What's the Again, thinking? Tough, tough North Dakota team. Uh, I'm from Minnesota. We know how to do it up there in the north, and uh, – I think Minot and Jamestown are, are both strong teams, and uh, I haven't seen Indiana Tech play, so I'm picking <laughs> I'm picking Storky. Yeah, I think Storky will take it too. He's got some uh, he's got some big Canadian trees up there on the blue line, and I think they'll uh, I think they'll take care of business. Yeah, All right, sure. last last game of the day: the Fighting Fairmans of Iowa State taking on Jordan. It's a Jordan Perdoma. Jordan, I don't know his name. Uh, the Aquinas Saints, number nine, Aquinas. I think they won the ACHA championship uh, at D2, and then they went away for a year. Maybe it was D3. And then they went away for a year to play NAI, and then they came back to the uh, ACHA. So they're used to playing. They're just not used to being at, at, at Division One Nationals, Aquinas. And then Iowa State, obviously, they played in the championship game two years ago against Minot. Yeah. I got the Cyclones. Woo! I like it. Yeah. I like it. Tell me why. Just again, experience, tough team, short trip for them. I think they're going to come ready to play. You know, Iowa State's problem the past couple of years, after talking to, with Jason, has been that they uh, they've got the defense, they've got the goaltending, they just didn't have any scoring. But this season, they seem to have found some scoring with Maddie Moran and Ray Zimmerman, and uh, I think they're I think they've. Uh, you know, they play in that tough little conference, the Central States League. So, yeah, interesting, interesting. All right, well, that you've gone through Friday and Saturday. So that means, AJ, if we take all your winners and we put them together on Sunday, that means game one on Sunday is going to be a hoot. It's going to be number four, Liberty, dyed hair and all, taking on number 12, Missouri State, who I'll remind you is from the Western Collegiate Hockey League. And this is the WCHL podcast. So tread lightly, Mayor of Springfield so far. I am in the mood for an upset, so I will Whoa. also go for number 12, Missouri. Look at State. you. Yeah. Look at you. That's impressive. 
wow, you're the first person to go that route. So that's, uh, wow, you are definitely, you're probably going to be the governor of Missouri after this. Never mind the never mind the mayor of Springfield. All right, so Liberty, you know Liberty has a they do have a, a reputation for kind of uh, crap in the bed at nationals, you know. So uh, yeah. when they get there, they've well, had some first round, second round losses. So that, that wouldn't be surprising. It's the game, right? Hockey's always giving us surprises. There you go. Well, here this next this next game is is. Should be a semifinal or a final, but it's not. It's a quarterfinal. Number three, Lindenwood against number six, Minot State. Two, I mean, that's Frazier, Ali. That's Godzilla versus Kong. That's, you know, U.S. versus Russia. That's heavyweight versus heavyweight. What do you think is going to happen there? Lindenwood and Zombo versus Minot State in Wade. Uh, that's a tough one, but um, I'm still going with uh, the Beavers. Whoa, another upset. Look at you. Look at you. All right. So, Lindawood, um, Minot State took care of Lindawood in the semifinals uh, two years ago down in Frisco to uh, move on to the championship game. So, this would be a repeat. Yes, sir. According to A.J. Bolden. All right. I like it. Well, here we go. The game three um, on Sunday would be the number two Robert Morris Colonials taking on number 10, Jamestown. The Jimmies of in Dean Stork versus Robert Morris from wherever, Pittsburgh. What do you think? I got the, the Jimmies. Boy, you were, I like this thing. You are going all upset now. Wow. All right. So, so far it's three upsets on Sunday in this, in the quarterfinals. You're going to make it four in a row in number one, Adrian versus number eight, Iowa State, or are you going to stick with uh, stick with the rankings? I have Adrian actually, so <laughs> you're just psyching me out here. So there we go. That's uh, that'll be impressive. So you have Adrian taking care of Iowa State, and then uh, and then you have three upsets. Yes, sir. Wow. Well, you know, we reseed uh, once we get to the once we get to the semifinals, and so the highest seed plays the lowest seed, and then the two seeds in the middle will play one another. And that's gonna, you know, we already mentioned that Minot and Jamestown have played 187 times already. This would be <laughs> number 188 this year, apparently, because you have number six take Minot taking on number 10 Jamestown and you also have number one Adrian taking on number 12 Missouri State yes sir look at that so uh let's go with um let's go with Adrian versus Missouri State number one versus number 12 and I don't know if you remember at Frisco this was a matchup in the um on the Friday games Missouri State won on Thursday, the play-in game and they played Adrian tight it was a one to nothing game they let in a goal with Two minutes to go, I think, in the third quarter, Adrian, in third quarter, third period, Adrian was the defending national champ at the time, and they were they were puckered up on the bench because Missouri State was giving them all they got. Yeah, that was an incredible game, and unfortunately, I know I'm not going to be mayor anymore, but I'm going with Adrian on this one. <laughs> well, that's, that's a hell of a run by Missouri State if they get to the semifinals, so uh, good for good for A.J. Bolden. Good for AJ Bolden. All right, so you have Adrian in the championship game. Who's going to win the Battle of North Dakota? Number six, Minot State versus number 10, Jamestown. Beavers and Jimmies. 
beavers. Yeah, I'm fond of beavers myself too. So, all right, there we go. So, number one, Adrian wins over Missouri State. Number six, Minot State beats Jamestown for like the hundredth time this season. That leaves us a championship game, AJ. According to uh, Coach Bolden here, General Manager Bolden, Director of Broadcasting Bolden, number one, Adrian, against number six, Minot State. Man, there's another heavyweight match right there. I agree. What do you think? I'm picking Adrian, and I apologize, Wade, but I just that's how I'm feeling today. Adrian is going to win it, huh? That's, that's uh, my pick. But I good. still think it's going to be an awesome tournament. Yeah. To be clear. Hey, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Let's hope. I hope there's nothing. Uh, it's a COVID year for, you know, we got coronavirus here and there. Let's hope that uh, nothing goofy happens like what happened at the beginning of the uh, NCAA tournament where, what, what was it, Michigan and uh, was it Ohio State? Two teams got bumped. Because of Corona. It was Notre Dame, wasn't it? There you go. Notre Dame in Michigan. That's what it was. That's exactly right. Oh, oh, why was I thinking Ohio State? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Now that we uh, we talked, you have a team from Michigan winning. Uh, you said originally that you're you're a Minnesota kid. You're originally from Minnesota. You had three teams from Minnesota in the uh, Frozen Four. And uh, what happened there? It's hockey, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, uh, that's the only thing I can say. I mean, the games were incredible, and I, I mean, UMass, they got it done. I think that's the only thing that matters. It's sometimes it's whose weekend it is. Proof that if you got a hot goaltender, you can just go. You can you can go win this thing, right? Yeah. Well, I I don't remember the details from from Dallas too, but um, Minot State. Didn't they lose their starting goalie in game one or two and the backup Absol- played the rest of the tournament? Absolutely, they did. Absolutely, they did. He came in and uh, much like UMass had to had to go with their backup in the, in the first game because of uh, COVID protocols for their number one guy. Um, yeah, the, Minot had to lean on their number two goalie and he rode them to a championship. There you go. Yeah, very, very nice. All right, well, I was... I was a little surprised, you know. I figured with three out of out of the four teams, there had to be a good chance that a Minnesota team would take it. And um, but but alas, uh, the Minutemen uh, beat. I was sorry that they uh, you know that they beat Duluth, but um, you know, hey, I mean St. Cloud. But uh, what what can you do? I mean, the tournament provided some great games. That who's no one's ever going to forget that five overtime game. So oh, hopefully, hopefully we don't have a five overtime game at the ACHA tournament. But um, <laughs> I always, I always like overtime games just because you know everyone's nervous. I know that from a from a from an administrator point of view, and I guess you can t- you can talk to this since you you were on the broadcast side of things. Overtime games just were always a pain in the butt because we had to adjust on the fly. Nothing was going according to script, and you know it threw off the rest of the schedule. But all of that being said, overtime games, you know, ne- knowing that the next goal wins it, right. it, you know, everybody holds your breath or, or held their breath is, uh, you know, once the puck was coming into the offensive zone, no matter which way it was going, you're like, oh, could this be it? Could this be it? 
Yeah, so, those are the moments you just got to play to win and and do your job. I mean, especially as a goaltender, those are tough. And uh, I, I've definitely witnessed strange overtime losses, strange overtime wins. And I mean, you mentioned the Minnesota Duluth and uh, the UMass game at the semis. I mean, that was an overtime loss for for Duluth, and that that just comes down to you know one moment, right? And that's that's what it comes. That's why the game of hockey is incredible, and I think that's why we're all lifetime fans. Yep, yep, yep. That's that's the truth. It's a great game, and it's wonderful to uh, wonderful to watch. And uh, we're going to get the chance to watch it. Uh, we're going to. It's going to be on Hockey TV coming up. Uh, it'll be a different kind of a broadcast than the ones that we're normally used to seeing from nationals. But hopefully, uh, we'll get back to that kind of a broadcast next year. Um, this will be. Uh, the good folks at Maryville will be putting this thing on. And I, I know this is uh, kind of a sore spot, AJ, but um, let's hope they just do a good job. I hope they don't uh, hope they don't fumble the ball here. Yeah, I think they're going to be just fine. They've uh, It's always nice. Uh, and I'm slightly envious of the fact that they're doing it on their home turf. Uh, every time that, you know, we've done it before in, in the last four years now is uh, uh, always on the road. And I think they have an advantage that way. And, uh, hopefully they, they get it done, and I'm confident they will. Yeah, well, hey, let, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, let me ask this. Out of you, you were you were the broadcast dude for three tournaments. Was it three or two? I thought it was three. You were at all. We, did, uh, we hosted the D2 Nationals in 15, and yeah. then we did the D2 Nationals in 16. Okay. Um, uh, Columbus 1 was an outside firm, and then we did Columbus 2. Dallas won, and we were a day away from driving down to Dallas too last year. So <laughs> you got saved, huh? Yeah, well, yeah. it's a <laughs> it's a long drive, but what can you do? What out of all of those uh, tournaments that you just rattled off, the two that you hosted there, the Columbus one, and uh, I mean Columbus two and Frisco one, which one uh, which one stands out? Which one was your favorite? I really like Dallas and. Uh, the stars, how they how they have everything set up in the in the Frisco rink. I think that's just a, a wonderful place to be and a great town. It's nice to a little nice to be in the warmer environments for um, the five or ten minutes you get you get outside the rink in between games if if you get that. Uh, but Columbus was great too. I mean, the the best part about the ACHA national tournament is it rotates, and I think the the format they've been doing with joining all five divisions it's really kind of fun because. Uh, excluding the, the national tournament, well, excluding uh, the national meetings every year down in Florida, you know, we rarely get to to hang out with people from other divisions. But it's it's always a, a thrill when you can see a men's one game and then drive across town or walk across to another rink and see men's two, men's three, or you know, the women's programs as well. And it, it's I really, really enjoy that type of environment. It's it's a it's a long, arduous ten days, and for the broadcast team, it's usually a two week endeavor. Um, but for me, it's 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 always a a worthwhile challenge. Um, and I think the entire ACHA family, uh, from uh, the executive director Craig all the way through the commissioners, the teams, the players. I think they all know uh, all the amount of work that goes into it, and it's it. 
I think it's always worth the effort. Well, there's no doubt. I think it's worth the effort. I think it's pretty cool that it's uh, one of the few things that the ACHA has created that it can market, that it can, uh, you know, it's an asset that the ACHA can utilize and it's gained some notoriety throughout the years with uh, NHL teams and with the national media. And not that, you know, it's front page stories or anything in the USA Today or the Wall Street Journal every day, every day during the during the tournament, but it's a story in the USA Today or a story on the NHL Network or, uh, uh, you know, in the New York Times or something like that. And it's uh, that's more than what we've normally gotten. And uh, so I, th- I think it's, uh, you know, hopefully it's in its infancy. We've only had three of them so far, and uh, hopefully we're going to have a, a lot more. But uh, I guess that uh, remains to be seen. All right. Yeah, well, I think the, the incredible thing about it, and I know we're drawn to a close here, is the, the economic impact. Uh, when you have um, 109 games in 10 days, and um, what is the actual – well, that alone is huge. And, you know, the almost 100 teams that come in, uh, depending on how things are going, but that is just a monster. I mean, in comparison – the, when we hosted the Division Two national tournament here in Salt Lake City, uh, afterwards the the visiting bureau and the uh, the travel bureau from the state of Utah gave me a report, and it was a three and a half million dollar impact um, just from sixteen teams alone. Right, wow. so the national tournament has to be a hundred million dollar property um, just for the host city, and it's. It's incredible. It is. It is. I know the uh, the number for uh, Columbus One was uh, pretty high, and it's uh, what got the attention of a whole bunch of other folks, and that's why we went to Frisco and why we went to Boston or why we're going to Boston and why we're going to St. Louis. It's because uh, those those numbers got uh, the attention of some people and a lot of room nights and a lot of uh, restaurants. I know for some of us, there was a lot of... Uh, Time after after the games were over, a lot of times at the uh, at the local uh, watering hole. So uh, <laughs> I, they'll they'll remain nameless, but um, those of those course. people. But uh, yeah, they they made some money off of the uh, off the folks from the ACHA. That's for sure. You know, the ACHA for brought sure. in a lot of money, and that's and that's not even talking about. We're just talking the teams and the and the and the staff that show up. Never mind the parents and girlfriends and boyfriends and, you know, relatives and everyone else that comes to town. So good times, good times. One of the shining moments as well is um, when the league partners with an NHL team, there's usually a a game or two. So there's that, that, that crossover where people can on a day off, go check out an NHL game or, you know, visit the practice rink of their favorite NHL team and, you know, it, it's really kind of cool how, you know, everybody can see what the next step is. And I don't I, I don't know the actual numbers on landing professional um, players um, out of the ACHA, but I know it happens from time to time and uh, maybe not directly into the NHL, but they're moving through the professional ranks in Europe or in the minor league system. Right. And it's yep. always nice to see that there's a, there is a next step. Well, we always talk about hockey being a small world, and it's a very small world. Even though these guys are uh, the NHL players are elite and play at a, at the highest of all the levels, they're still just hockey folks, and they like uh, shooting the bull with uh, 
uh, you know, the ACHA guys and coming over and watching us when we're playing. And uh, obviously we love to go over there and watch them when they play. And it's uh, yeah. it's kind of cool that they have that common ground, even though there's multi-gazillionaires and poor <laughs> college students. You know, uh, they're, they're playing the game that they love. And, uh, you know, they're, they're playing it because, you know, they love that game. Uh, some of them are playing it because they're also loving making millions of dollars, but um, it's uh, yeah, it's quite the unique opportunity. So it's it's always yeah. good times, good times. I'm looking forward to it. I hope that uh, I hope that I hope there's a lot of. I mean, me personally, I wouldn't mind an upset or twenty, but um, you know, I, I just hope it's a good tournament and things go well and there's nothing goofy that requires you know like a instant replay like the puck goes in under the net you know from the side or something like that right because that would be awful so all right any other uh pearls of wisdom there uh from uh from salt lake america i think we're good sir uh just wishing everybody a, a lovely evening and stay safe so we can stop talking about covid (laughs) <laughs> isn't that the truth hey i've got but before before we go let's have uh just a, a really quick we want to tease some people because um really quickly i understand from me and you talking that there might be something in the works over the summer that would be on a telephone that rhymes with the word tap it would be a maybe a a, a program that would work for uh, uh, stats and stuff like that that would focus on not only on your conference, the Pac-8 conference, but also uh, maybe perhaps on our cheesy little Western conference. Yeah, that's uh, that's something we're, we're, we're definitely digging into, Chris. It's uh, a mobile app for a conference, uh, otherwise known as the WCHL. Uh, and we're in the fledgling moments of it right now, but we're making serious progress every day. And, uh, we hope to be able to deliver something fantastic here in the fall. Then we can stick it to the ACHA and tell them this is what they should be doing. And they should follow the lead of the best damn conference in the ACHA men's division one, huh? I, whatever you say. (laughs) (laughs) See, I can, I can say that because I'm the dumb commissioner and nobody listens to me. anyway. nobody listens to this podcast, AJ. So uh, I can say that because I'm, I'm getting a little tired of the ACHA not having an app or anything. So we're going to try and fix some problems. That's what we're going to try and do. Yeah. And I'd like to hopefully, you know, with your pack eight conference at the division two level and with our uh, WCHL conference, kind of showing them how it ought to be done. Maybe they'll, uh, open their eyes and figure it out for themselves and come out of the stone age. But, uh, what can we do? All right. Well, Hey, that look at AJ, the crowd goes wild. You gotta love it. AJ, thank you so much for being part of the WCHL podcast. And thanks for your prognostications. Again, you have the Adrian Bulldogs winning. I've written all this down, AJ. So, um, you know, maybe at the end of it all, they'll, uh, you know, we'll send you a prize or something. What do you think if Sounds you win good. it? Yeah, yeah. Are we are we are we putting money on this that we can buy into a pool? Oh, we, we maybe I don't know about money. Maybe I'll send you a bag of pretzels or something. But uh, how about a, how about a beer? There you go. I'm down. I'm down for a beer. A beer of your choice. We'll get it uh, sent your way, and then. Uh, All right. Yeah. I in fact I was I was looking around today. Quick aside, and then we're going to get out of here. 
yeah. I was watching something yesterday, and a guy was drinking a Yorkshire pudding beer. It was beer made out of Yorkshire pudding, and I was trying to think, where in America can I get this? So I am on. My question a, is, where in America would somebody think to make it? Oh, there you go, there you go, <laughs> and it it looked delicious as this fellow was drinking it. It sounded delicious. I'm sure. It, mm, I hope it tasted delicious, but I wanted to find out myself. All right. So uh, yeah, beer. Uh, we're we're on for a beer. If Adrian wins, then uh, I owe AJ Bolden Uno Cerveza. Am I the only one to pick Adrian so far? Uh, you know what? Here, let's go through here. Uh, Cam the Ram. Uh, no, Andrew has picked Adrian. Um, I picked Lindenwood. Uh, let's see here. Cam the Ram picked somebody. Let's. Who did she pick? Oh, she had Adrian. Um, and then we had who else? We had Scott Strandy. Uh, Jason Cerrone had Adrian, and I think Scott Strandy had Minot State. So it's all right. Hey, if all the Adrians win, they all get a beer. All right. That's right. That's right. So that'll, that'll work. All righty. Well, hey, uh, AJ, we appreciate you being on the WCHL podcast. You can follow the WCHL online. We're at westernchl.com. Maybe I'll get around to updating the website one of these days. Um, but uh, we're also on Twitter at westernchl. This podcast is on Twitter at WCHLpod. AJ, you're not on Twitter, are you? Not personally. I am not. But your program is on at skatingutes.com, uh, or skatingutes on Twitter. That's S-K-A-T-I-N-U-T-E-S, skatingutes. They're on Twitter. And uh, the website is what, skatingutes.com? Uh, utahhockey.com, yeah. God, late man, you're just changing it up. All right, utahhockey.com? Well, here's the thing, and this is for anybody, college football, um, everybody knows the Utes, and – we are known as the skate mutes on campus, but any, anybody outside of state of Utah, you try to explain skate mutes, it turns into a spelling bee. And so we just moved everything to utahhockey.com and it makes everybody's life a lot easier. I hear you. I hear you. Well, AJ Bolden, we do appreciate you being on the, on the WCHL podcast. Hang on for a quick second and uh, let's get out of here. Um, we hope everybody, um, wears a mask, washes your hand. If you have the opportunity to get the vaccine, get it because we want to have a full season in the fall. Take care. Hey.